Selamat sejahtera and good afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Asia Water 2020 Regional Water Industry Expert Dialogue, Achieving Sustainable Development Goal for Clean Water and Sanitation pre-event webinar. I am Nathan Leong and I am your MC for today. Before we start the webinar today, there are a few rules that we have to adhere. All microphones and video of attendees have been muted. If you have any question, please wait for the Q&A session or do list them down at the Q&A box. If there's any internet disruption during the virtual conference, kindly be patient and try to sign in again. Without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Tio Yenhua, advisor to the ASEAN Water Series, our moderator for this session. Dr. Tio, the floor is yours. Thank you, Nathan. And uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the regional water industry experts dialogue. You know, this is the second time we are having this uh, experts dialogue under the Asia Water event. The first one was in 2018. And uh, uh, we found that it is quite interesting and it's useful because these industry experts are also uh, the uh, forms a think tank group because they are from the industry association and uh, often they are called upon to provide ideas and you know they are they are they are sharing their knowledge with their respective government so for this afternoon's uh, uh, this expert dialogue uh, we are fortunate to have six uh, panelists uh, actually we wanted to invite more but we, because of time constraints, we have only allocated one and a half hours and uh, we can only have uh, six uh, panelists. And uh, we, we, with us, as you uh, could see from the, from the slide just now, we are from Cambodia, we are from Indonesia, we are from uh, Malaysia, Philippines, uh, Singapore, and last but not least, Vietnam. And uh, let me first uh, uh, invite uh, Mr. Chu because Mr. Chu from Singapore uh, need to leave us early because he has another function to attend. Uh, allow me to just give a little bit of uh, background of Mr. Chu. Uh, Mr. Chu, uh, actually, the president, he's the president of Sing uh, Singapore Water Association. And uh, prior to that, uh, uh, I mean, he, he, he's the chief marketing officer of Singapore Technologies Engineering. He also holds the post of deputy president and also uh, president uh, defense business of SD Engineering Marine. Uh, he was actually the former PUB CEO and subsequently appointed as the chief executive of Land Transport Authority of Singapore. And uh, we all know in, in ASEAN region, Singapore's in, in terms of the uh, service areas, in terms of assets, I think Singapore has achieved 100%, both for water and sanitation. So uh, let me just like to invite Mr. Chiu. Mr. Chiu, the screen is yours. Uh, thank you very much. Hmm. Thank you, uh, Dr. Leo. Uh, yeah. Thank you for the slide. First of all, uh, let me uh, take the opportunity to thank everybody uh, here today for inviting uh, me to speak at this panel discussion. I'll of course share my thoughts on the 
Asian water landscape uh, and also of uh, what is happening with the regional water association, especially the Singapore Water Association. Um, as you know, uh, I am the president of uh, Singapore Water Association and you can see from the slide here, SWA was actually formed uh, back in February 2004. Last year is a trade association to represent and promote of course, the interests of Singapore companies in the local water sector. It plays an important role in developing a vibrant and dynamic water cluster and of course aspires to promote Singapore as a regional hub for all water-related services and technologies. It also provides a good platform where we can have uh, fostering of collaboration and also exchange of ideas and knowledge. And more importantly, it serves as the important link for our Singapore water and water-related companies to the larger international water network by strengthening their presence in the global market. And to date, uh, just to share with you, we have grown uh, to have now 268 members from an initial uh, nine founding members all the way back in 2004. And of course, we are aspiring uh, to grow to about 300 member companies, uh, hopefully by next year. Uh, next slide. So just to give you uh, some uh, indication, these are some of our member companies. They encompass uh, practically all parts of the water value chain, and they are represented by system integrators, EPC uh, companies, consultants, OEM, MNCs, large local enterprises, uh, small medium enterprises, as well as local startups as well. Uh, next slide. And this slide uh, sort of gives you a flavor in terms of the activities of uh, SWA at a glance. For the past uh, 16 years, actually, SWA has organized and led local companies overseas to participate, of course, in trade fairs uh, under the Singapore Pavilion with of course, grant support from the Singapore government. Uh, next year, of course, we are hoping to see how we can gear up for the potential roster of trade shows as and when uh, travel restrictions get lifted, which I hope. Uh, will come sometime. But regionally, uh, SWA uh, organized overseas technology and business missions to many countries, many cities. Example, to Munich, uh, Israel, Taiwan, Melbourne, Nanjing, Vietnam, Myanmar, Indonesia, Malaysia, uh, Thailand, and Philippines. While, of course, we hosted conferences and seminars for the local water companies. We help to foster partnerships and also uh, international outlook with our virtual uh, expos, our conferences, webinars, uh, and virtual visits, despite I think the COVID situation which we all face. And uh, today we are also essentially having uh, an online uh, uh, conference. Since uh, April 2020, uh, SWA has actually conducted more than 30 virtual events and sharing sessions, including virtual tours, actual virtual tours to uh, PUB uh, Waterworks, uh, one in Fasukang, uh, another one at Ulu Pandan Water Reclamation Plant, and also actually interestingly to uh, Experimental Power Grid Center uh, at Jurong Island, which is an island that hosts uh, a lot of petrochemical complexes. Now, Besides the physical classes, of course, SWA has started another online master training class uh, courses for the water professionals since July 2020. And again, we are 
during this time, trying to adapt to the larger uh, COVID situation and bringing our training from the classroom essentially onto the internet. And we, of course, uh, have a very, I think, vibrant uh, calendar activities throughout the year. Of course, uh, of late, there has been essentially been uh, interrupted again by the COVID situation. But we do have a quarterly water, Singapore Water Industry Night, which has always been a highlight in our calendar. And it's always well attended, creating essentially a very useful networking platform for our members to interact, exchange ideas, and of course, support deals. Uh, next slide. So in terms of international partnerships, SWA has signed MOUs with foreign embassies, such as uh, High Commissioner of Canada, the Singapore, the Taiwan External Trade Development Council Trade Administration. We have close working relationships with uh, many embassies, including the Danish Embassy as well as the Israeli Embassy as well. And moving on, we hope to foster our existing collaborations with regional water associations, many of whom are of course represented here at this panel, including the Australian Water Association, Malaysian Water Association, uh, Philippine Water Works Association, and of course, not to mention the International Desalination Association. But internally in Singapore, we also work closely with uh, many research institute, institutions, such as uh, EWTCOI in Singapore, ASTAR, uh, our leading uh, uh, research and development agency, uh, NURI, which is uh, part of uh, our National uh, University of Singapore, uh, also at the, uh, at the front end in terms of uh, water uh, water-related research. The Singapore Membrane Consortium, as well as Singapore National Biofilm Consortium. So many uh, research institutions which we have uh, a close working relationship with. We also have formed a Water Alliance uh, partners with other Singapore associations, including uh, those that is not exactly in the water industry, uh, such as the Indoor Farm Factory uh, Innovation, Smart Grid and Power Electronics Consortium in Singapore, which got specs. The Waste Management and Recycling Association of Singapore, even the, the larger Singapore Business uh, Federation, as well as Singapore Manufacturing Federation, and of course, Chinese Singapore Chinese Com uh, Chamber of Commerce and Industry. The idea is that uh, we hope through this partnership, we can certainly further group, I think, Singapore companies and continue to see how we can do a more vibrant and dynamic industry with technology innovations and collaborations, which we can certainly bring out and share. Uh, well beyond the shorelines of Singapore. Now, talking about uh, going uh, beyond the shorelines of Singapore, uh, next slide, please. I think we are all essentially uh, everywhere, uh, out, whether it's in Singapore or other countries. We're all actually trying to focus ourselves. How is it that we, uh, I think, as, a, as countries, as, as, a, as a, you know, a larger international body, how are we going to achieve essentially the sustainable development goals? Uh, of course, it continues to be a, a tall challenge for, for many countries. And it's not surprising that uh, many of them are facing, I think, I would say challenges of achieving uh, the SDGs. In fact, there are many challenges, and just to name a few as I highlight here, I mean, we, we got to deal with issues like instability due to tough conflict uh, uh, between nations. Uh, implementation of programs, uh, see how to ensure the programs can be 
able to fit the local context. And of course, the larger issue about governance, how, how, how to bring political will to transform development programs into actual sustainable practice in the long run. And SWA has also been looking at this uh, particular set of challenges with our uh, members uh, company and see how is it that we can also play a part to support, I think, the achievement of SDGs uh, despite the challenges that we face. Uh, next slide. And in fact, uh, uh, as we look at uh, sustainability as an important, I think, global concern and also priority. Uh, in August 2020 this year, actually our ministry in Singapore, uh, previously known as Ministry of uh, Environment and Water Resources, has been renamed to become the Ministry of Sustainability and the Environment. And that actually reflects essentially the emphasis of sustainability to be one of global concern and which uh, the ministry actually has responsibility to see how we can address that global concern and do our part as Singapore to, uh, to bring about, I think, the achievement of uh, SDGs. In fact, the ministry will drive and coordinate public sector efforts take the lead in sustainable development and ensure that sustainability is at the heart of the MSC family of agencies' core concerns. And of course, within this SDG, uh, water continues to be an important priority. At the same time, the ministry will also uh, drive and coordinate efforts outside the public sector to basically work in private entities, uh, associations like ourselves, as well as industries to see how we can work together as a complete, uh, I think, ecosystem uh, uh, contributing uh, to the achievement of uh, sustainability goals uh, for Singapore and also contributing, I think, to the, the wider cost. Uh, so I, I would say that uh, despite the challenges, I think we are making good progress in terms of achieving uh, the sustainable development goals and we certainly like to continue our efforts to see how we can actually bring, I think, sustainability to a higher level uh, for all to have the benefits. And with that, uh, I, I will conclude essentially uh, my sharing. Uh, happy, of course, uh, to, to uh, have you uh, raise any particular points uh, which uh, will be of interest to you. So thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I definitely, I think that uh, Singapore is doing well when it comes to SDG. And uh, Mr. Chu has just, uh, you know, uh, shared with us the collaboration and the partnerships that they are fostering with many other uh, industry associations and also the industries uh, to promote, uh, you know, the global concern to address the issues of uh, sustainability. And uh, uh, I'm sure that when we have our next uh, uh, the Asia Water 2022 Regional Experts Dialogue, we will have more time to look at uh, uh, some of the achievements uh, Singapore has, has, has made. So with that, uh, let me uh, again th thank uh, Mr. Chiu, uh, because Mr. Chiu has to leave to attend another function. Eh? So thank you so much, Mr. Chiu. Thank you. Uh, next, yeah, thank you. We uh, hope to catch up with you, Mr. Chu, one of these days. Eh? Okay. Thank you. Uh, now, let me proceed with the uh, Cambodia. Eh? And uh, before I do that, uh, allow me to just uh, uh, 
uh, give some guidelines in the in the form that uh, you know we every speakers will be given about seven uh, maximum about ten minutes, and uh, at the end of our all the presentation we have five five more presentation and now I think we are already coming to uh, three fifteen. And uh, questions and answer, uh, we will do that after the the all the presentation. Yeah? Uh, before uh, Mr. Chai Lo, who is the president of uh, Cambodia Water Association, um, give his presentation. Let me give a, a little bit of his uh, profile. Huh? Uh, Mr. Lo has more than fifteen years experience huh, in the water sector. Uh, in twenty eleven. Mr. Lowe was awarded Social Entrepreneur of the Year in Asia by SWAP Foundation for Social Entrepreneurship. And he is the chairman of WE Venture Company Limited. He's an engineer by profession and he's uh, 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 very actively participating in a lot of the uh, uh, Asia water event. And uh, let me now invite Mr. Lowe to, to give us some insight and also some, uh, share some uh, information about uh, Cambodia, uh, the, the, what addressing the SDGs. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Lowe? Yeah. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. So today I'm very pleased to share with you about access to clean water in Cambodia and also how the private sector can uh, uh, involve in the access to clean water in Cambodia. So please uh, go to the uh, next slide. So as you may know already that the clean water is a basic need of human right, but still many or thousands of people cannot access to this the basic need. So especially in Cambodia, they still have a lot of the people uh, do not have access to clean water. This next slide. So our government tried to also uh, the best to how to achieve the SDG so such as they fix some objective and target like 2025, try to provide the clean water to the urban population that can access to safe water and also affordable price with a sustainable manner. And uh, they can provide at least 90% water supply from the pie and 10% from other the uh, source. And by 2030, that uh, we can try to achieve the universal uh, and with the uh, affordable access to self and affordable drinking water for all. Please go to the next slide. So in order to do that, the government uh, alone cannot uh, uh, do uh, uh, itself. So it needs to involve from the private sector because right now, uh, we have only like in rural area, 26%, around 20, 26% that the population can uh, access to high water supply. So still a big gap to achieve the, the SDG. 
and uh, half of those pipe water supply get water from uh, pipe water operator. So it means that the, the like the private operator operator play the very important role also to work closely with the government try to reach the SDG. Please go to the next slide. So right now the uh, in terms of the current private sector, we can we have uh, many private sector involved in the providing the like the pipe water supply in Cambodia, uh, but they also try the best to investing and construct and operate this sector. And for the review, they can collect the charge based on the agree of tariff that cover the operating cost and also the reason nearby return on investment. So, but still have the big gap that they cannot uh, like increase so much because they still have like the higher uh, cost of investment and also low affordability. So that uh, why they still have low accord uh, return on uh, investment also for the uh, like private uh, water operator. Please go to the next slide, please. <clears throat> so the issue related to the current like uh, private uh, sector engagement, it means uh, right now uh, there are many existing private water operator, but the, they operate as the family business. So. Uh, they have the problem like limited to the capacity for the overall planning and also the like uh, development and integrate engineering uh, skills. So sometimes they just start like the uh, family business. They don't have the enough the skill, engineering skill to manage properly. And also limit of the understanding about uh, business aspect. So as a result, Right now, they still have uh, cannot move the, and also with the standard of the water quality uh, standard and remain uh, like the low uh, extension or also a slow undertaking. On it. They still have also the like difficulty to do the monitoring about in terms of like technical aspect and also like uh, uh, water quality. So this need a lot of the engagement from also from the government to support them. Please uh, go to the next slide. So this is something that we need to do in different uh, way that can uh, that we if we want to achieve the SDG. So based on the the first uh, figure on the left, it means this is like the pipe water supply. In 2016, we have around 30% that can uh, uh, reach in the general in pipe water supply in uh, Cambodia. And if we talk about the improved water, improved water, it includes both pipe water and also like uh, tube well or like another additional the water. So. When we talk about improved water, we can see that we can reach to more than 60% already. But we, in order to reach to 2025, it's also still a big gap to do that. So we need to do different way that 
we can accelerate this uh, access to clean water. Please go uh, to the next slide. So to uh, give you some highlight about the water sector in Cambodia, Ministry of Water Resource and Methodology in charge about the water resource management, Ministry of Environment in charge of water environment management, and Ministry of Industrial Science, Technology and Innovation in charge uh, of the urban water supply management. And for the Ministry of Rural Development in charge of the rural water supply management. So we have uh, at least the four ministries to work on the like the water issues in uh, uh, Cambodia. Yeah. Please go to the next slide. And uh, in terms of the water sector framework, so we have the three uh, pillar. So the government uh, and also the private sector and also the customer. So together try to work uh, to reach uh, like different aspect, technical and economic and social. So we work together in this different uh, pillar that can uh, make every partner of the, uh, every the, yeah, partner can be happy and also to satisfy all those the particular especially like technical, economical, and social. So this is some uh, highlight about the, how the, the framework in the water sector in Cambodia. So please go to the next slide. So this is some uh, highlight in terms of the, the need of investment in order to achieve the SDG. So at least in uh, in order to uh, like access to improve water in Cambodia, we need at least around the budget around 92 million uh, per year from the 2015. So in order to achieve that, this is some like the budget that we need to invest every year. Yeah, go to the next slide, please. So we have also like the big gap uh, if we like combine between water and sanitation, we mostly need around 191 million US dollar per year to invest in this sector. Then yeah, please go to the next slide. And uh, for this the slide, just to share with you about the investment in, uh, or to give you some figure about investment in pipe water supply. Right now we have uh, around 500 pipe water operator in Cambodia. And uh, for some uh, information, when we want to invest in the uh, pipe water supply, the most uh, cost, I mean, the most important part is uh, to invest in the pipe network. And uh, the rest is uh, we invest in the water treatment plan. So we can see the difference that the most of the cost uh, is uh, spent in the, uh, to set up the pipe network. 
please go to the next slide. Also gives you some uh, uh, information like idea about the, in the Cambodia, we have the like four category in terms of side the uh, private water operator, micro, small, medium, and large. For the micro, uh, operator, we uh, like classify like less than the 750 connection. And then we can also have the cost uh, like around the 100,000 US dollar to invest. So yes, this is just uh, some uh, idea about the investment. And also the, yeah, go to the next slide, please. In order also to uh, moving forward, the government of uh, Cambodia, royal uh, government of Cambodia try also the best to like to update the water supply policy, uh, also about the uh, developing the water supply law, review the existing regulation aligned with the law and develop the new regulation uh, instrument to uh, uh, fully implement in the law. And uh, to uh, also try to study provincial investment so that we can also know exactly what is the, the potential side and need the financial uh, to invest and also the master plan. Yes, go to the next slide, please. Yes, thank you for your attention. And uh, also, if you have the question, I'm happy to answer later. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Lo. And uh, I would like now to invite uh, Mr. Rudy Kusmayadi. Yeah, just a little bit of a uh, background on Mr. Rudy. Mr. Rudy is the chairman of uh, Indonesian. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I was told that uh, we will start with uh, Dato Kade first, yeah? And uh, a little bit of background of Dato Kade, even though I know that uh, a lot of uh, know about Dato Kade very well. Uh, Dato Kade is the president of Malaysian Water Association. And uh, he's a managing, managing director of Sakura Soul, Sundry and Berhad, offering advisory services on water, wastewater, green technology and environmental management. He was a CEO of Malaysian National Sewerage Company, uh, known as Indah Water Consortium, uh, for about seven years. And also he, he had uh, served as the COO of PAAB. Uh, PAAB uh, is the uh, company, Malaysian Water Assets Holding Company, wholly owned by Malaysian government. Likewise, IWK is also a government uh, uh, company. Currently, Datuk Kadi sits on the board of Runhill SAJ and also several other companies. Eh? He's an engineer by profession and a fellow of Academy of Science Malaysia. Datuk Kadi. Thank you, Dr. Thiel. Yeah. Uh, for the introduction, um, uh, good afternoon, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so that I'm being given about seven minutes. Uh, so what I'm going to go through is a very, very fast on the brief introduction of what is SDG, and then zooming in into what Malaysia has done or for, what Malaysia has forecast, what we're going to do for the next 
uh, year until 2030. Next, please. So it's just an online presentation. Uh, so see, I got seven uh, what you call section that I will, I will just brief through in this uh, short moment uh, of this presentation. Next, it's just a short concepts. Uh, I start from basic. Maybe some of you may not know what's uh, SDG. So uh, we are focusing on SDG number six. That is just to ensure the availability and sustainable management of water and sanitation. So the two keywords here is water and sanitation for all. Okay, next. Okay, that that is not all. When we talk about two sector, there are about eleven indicators. So we break down into the detailed part of it. Uh, those are the areas. I'm not going to read all, but you got about eleven of it, and that uh, is all related to the water and sanitation. And uh, the, the detail is all spelled out in various doc documents. It's just a snapshot and just a summary of, of what it entails and how it being looked at as indicators to make sure, uh, to ensure and measure that you have made with the SDG goal. Next. Uh, I'd just like to highlight uh, the uh, indicators in mapping a uh, few areas. 6.1, look at the universal equitable access uh, to save drinking water for all, again, uh, is, is universal. And uh, it's also looking at access to adequate and equitable sanitation and hygiene, and includes everyone, uh, and also to the needs of the women and girls in those vulnerable situations. 6.3, we've got to look at improved water quality. That's very rampant, especially in Malaysia nowadays. Uh, if you have been following what's happening in Malaysia, we've got a lot of problems in the water quality. 6.4, substantially increased water use efficiency because still what's happening, uh, not all, but generally still not efficient enough. Uh, and of course, looking at the sustainable withdrawal of water, of fresh water, uh, and that is to prevent scarcity in in future. Uh, 6.5, looking at 2030, uh, what we're going to do, it's all about integrated. So integrated management, it can be water resources, it can be basin, it can be a lot of things. Uh, you also have to look at uh, what's happening now is by year 2020, they are looking at protect and restore water ecosystem. And that involves the source. And when we talk about source, that is water catchment. And that water catchment comprise the forests, mountains, rivers, aquifers, and, and, and such. Next. So what 2030, what? we hope to achieve globally is uh, to expand the international cooperation such as what we're doing now and the capacity building is very important for the continuation uh, of safeguarding the future valuable assets of water and then also to provide proper sanitation and also related programs. Last not least, uh, it's very important that we need the uh, public involvement, meaning that we need to touch the heart of the communities and the people was involved in using water. In fact, all of us is involved in using water. So we need to touch the heart and make them understand what is this water sector is all about. Next. So the aspirational global targets, I just did the, the highlighted one, is defined as aspirational, aspirational and global with each government setting its own national targets guided by the global level of ambition, but taking into account national circumstances. Because uh, every country, uh, especially Asia, what we can hear from Cambodia and Singapore, we have different sets of situation. 
some the, the gap is very far. I said, look, Cambodia just launched very far. I'm sure when you hear more from the other countries, the, the gap may be very, very far. So how to carry to get that everyone be at par and then uh, to achieve the, the goal of everyone can enjoy the uh, good access to water. Next. This is just an example of how it, uh, the uh, national target being set over four areas here. There's accessibility, uh, availability, quality, and others. Because it's about quantity and uh, quality. So uh, first, it must be assessed. The, the perception of water is free, no longer stand, because we need some fund to bring the water to the doorstep, to the pipes. And that is all this, how they set the target by numbers and how it can be measured to make sure that everyone made this and then we see how to address this issue and how to help the other countries by achieving the same one set of targets. Next. Just another example. This is purely on the sewer uh, system. Just now it's water, this sewer system. Again, uh, this is also another source of pollutions. If we don't take care of, of this, it will happen. What happened is going to be an epidemic uh, as what we can see globally. We are having this COVID-19 pandemic, and this can be another pandemic of waterborne diseases, which uh, once upon a time ago, um, back in the olden days, half of the population in some countries has been wiped out because of improper sanitation. And it can happen again if it's not well addressed, and it's how uh, the, the target setting to make sure that all the population uh, have pro proper sanitation and proper treatment of uh, sewage. Next. I'm now going into the how nation uh, uh, addressing this SDG. As you can see, uh, these are the areas that we have looked at, and some areas are still blank. Uh, we are looking at it because uh, what we look at where it, we are now is 93% of our population enjoy the safe uh, and use safely managed uh, drinking water services is on now, and about 89% use uh, safely managed sanitation services. It's not at par with the water supply, but at least it's near enough. And that's the one and, and, and the thing, because water and sewage or sanitation, you cannot spread it out, you've got to be at par uh, so that everyone enjoys. On the hygiene part, uh, well, uh, this is ongoing. There's no proper set target, but uh, no measurement have been, been done. Wastewater, uh, of, of course, we, we have looked at it. Everyone have their wastewater uh, being, being treated safely. Uh, before it's been discharged into the water courses. Water quality uh, is being reported. Uh, again, it's uh, a bit wide. Uh, there are some targets I will put in in the slide how to do this. And efficiency, this is another area that we have looked at, but what we said is quite in line with the SDG global goal on how to reduce this and to use water efficiently. Water stress area, this is about, uh, again, uh, very, 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 uh, uh, what they call area that we have to look at carefully because uh, the perception of we have a lot of rain but there's no water. So how do you, you look at it? Addressing the uh, proper management to address the water stress area and how to have a balancing of water supply demand. The water management again is looking at integrated. What we are looking at is integrated water resource management but there, there are more to that. We have embarked on that and government, Malaysian uh, government is quite serious in implementing this integrated water resource management in the next mission uh, uh, 12 mission plan transboundary uh, again a lot of uh, discussion been done is about integrated water basin management 
how we share with the neighboring state. We have a lot of states. Some states have water, some states have don't, don't have water, and how we look at it sharing on this transboundary basin. Where what you can see, uh, what has happened in Malaysia, they have a lot of water transfer. Example, the most recent one is from Pahang to Selangor, a huge amount of water, and we have the almost, I would say, one of the largest water treatment plants we built in Southeast Asia that is situated in, in Langat. Eventually, we have more than 2,000 megaliter per day. So ecosystem, uh, there, there is a tar uh, target there uh, that we have, we have met, but there's just a baseline uh, for the, that period. But that is another area that we get to look at. And of course, the next two part is just cooperation uh, on, on the amount of the development we're going to look at into the cooperation and then that boils back to how much we're going to spend today. Uh, last not least is participation is very important. Uh, the stakeholders uh, participation is the main stakeholders and there will be some indicator uh, to look at. More importantly, I, I, my personal view, there must be a proper engagement and then we have to uh, introduce this satisfaction survey uh, on how we perform locally and globally and how we, we put ourselves and rate ourselves whether we have achieved and uh, whether the, the, the achievement is enjoyed by all or judged by all at the same rate. Next. This has to show um, the government is very serious on SDG, but they are looking at more than SDG. This is the area that uh, what I showed there. Sorry, those major parts that the government uh, has looked at by year 2030. Example, the increase uh, reverse uh, increase the clean rivers increase in percentage. For by year by year 2030, we should achieve about 25 percent of 351 uh, clean rivers uh, that we have. And that is a target. It's quite serious about that. It's fine from 5% in 2023, we should reach to 25%. It's, uh, it's tall order, but it, we need the cooperation of all. That's why on the right hand side, I'm, I'm not going to give uh, the perception that one or, or the other is community program. The uh, non revenue water is another serious area that uh, we are facing that is uh, currently about 35% average. But uh, looking at by year 2030 to reduce to 25, there has been an estimate. Uh, of funding because 1% uh, required about uh, 1 billion, uh, 800 million to 1, 1 billion Malaysian ringgit to reduce. And it is tied back to the tariff. This, I think, is another area of concern, uh, two main areas of um, issues that uh, the government is addressing on how to uh, look at tariff because uh, it involves a lot of things. I will give this summary later on. And the treated water reserve margin is in the area. Good reserve margin is about 20, but some state has, has now been negative. This is another area that uh, the government is looking at, and that is the target of this 36 initiative that we look at. Financial uh, sustainability at the moment uh, passed more than 10 years ago, which Dr. Theo also, also involved, that we have uh, go into the water industry restructuring. Uh, that has not completely uh, what you call uh, completed yet because some state have not migrated into the new licensing regime or what the, the act we call it water services industry act. So uh, it's still ongoing, but hopefully we can achieve that before the year 2030 to make it very sustainable. But alternative uh, funding is been looking at because uh, current situation is only water supply that have proper funding, but sewage is still far behind and still uh, looking at the government aids to build more infrastructure because the current situation of sewage 
for the single uh, water vector that IWK managing 7,000 plant, if you include the CST, about 10,000 plant for the whole uh, peninsula, excluding Sabah Sarawak, it's a tall order. And uh, soon enough, if there's no uh, proper uh, step being, being taken, uh, then this industry will collapse. So urban connection, uh, again, we're looking at 95% to be connected uh, on serious services. Uh, we are looking also now into reclamation water, which we target to recycle by year 2030, 1,500 MLD. And that will also give a relief to the portable water supply when you have this uh, reclaimed water kicks in. Last not least, it's integrated water, uh, river basin management. Uh, this is, as, as I say, apart from integrated water resource management, we've got to also look at integrated water basin management. This is where we look at sharing of water within in, in interstates. Next. This is uh, quite recent from the government uh, in order to promote uh, the uh, long-term solutions on how we get the consumer involved to get the continent supply. One, the, 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 we plan to build uh, to upgrade the existing uh, water treatment plant and build more water treatment plant. And of, of course, to, to increase the reserve margin uh, between 15 to 20, but safe enough is 20 is good. Uh, reduce the NRW, as what I mentioned, by 25% by year 2030. And this is, uh, part is, this is where the program of education and awareness need to come in because our current average of 230 liter per capita per day uh, is not good and we have to reduce it by 280 uh, by year 2025. And this a lot, needs a lot of uh, public programs. And of course, what, what the, we have embarked in, the, uh, the regulators is uh, spun. In short, there's a commissioner of water. They, they have started using these uh, water saving gadgets and some industries giving it free, some water, water operator like Penang and also in Johor, they are giving this thing to the consumer so as to reduce the water consumption uh, in-house in or domestic area. Next. So the way forward for this, uh, the, the government, national government, national SDG roadmap, if you look, they, they are divided into three phases. So of course there are four areas there, if you can see. What is more important now is data gathering. Uh, it's about big data. If you don't have this uh, big data uh, gathering, you do not know. It's just like asset. You cannot manage what you cannot see. So you cannot manage what you, you do not have. So they're engaging a lot of agency to, to have uh, this thing done because uh, still we have this uh, segmented or fragmented uh, in what they call uh, framework of, of the industry. So we, they can, we cannot afford to work in silo. So as such, this big data gathering is very important. Uh, then collaboration. Uh, with all related agencies uh, and also monitoring to measure this uh, SDG so that it be on track. And uh, of course, investment is another area uh, on the national statistical system, uh, in short, NNS. NSS is another area of looking at uh, the strategic partnership to have the statistical learning center to center the statistical capacity implementing SDG agenda. And last but not least, the, how to develop the integrated database for the data compilation, uh, monitoring, evaluation, and reporting. Uh, there is a, a plan to put a portal of the SDG so that it can be shared uh, and be owned by every single uh, what they call person in, in, uh, in Malaysia so that they, they own this SDG and together we can achieve it. 
so that uh, we will achieve the SDG goal. So the roadmap, as I say, you have phase one, phase two, phase three, and that is in line with the uh, next four mission plan, 12, 13, 14, and 15, uh, looking at this and how to transform this water sector uh, from the uh, cost center to become profit center. So uh, what is more important in moving forward, uh, although we, we talk about it quite a lot, so the government seriousness in this is very important because it involves governance. It involves integrity and involves the seriousness and more so what we talk uh, uh, frequently is the political will on how to transform the water sector from the cost base to become uh, uh, what we profit center. And uh, we should not forget the public uh, involvement into, in the public awareness and education program because without them, we will not achieve. Because we need the uh, unity and one voice so that everyone understand what is SDG 6 all about and what is it in there. Because normally the stakeholders will always ask, especially the business side, what is it to me? So this is where, if without water, you cannot move forward. And without water, you cannot go for the development. So uh, in order to do that, what maybe one of the steps is to rebrand uh, the industry. Um, that's why we look at some of this industry, what, what you're going to embark on is uh, into the zero waste management concept. That is what we call sustainable. And uh, you look at the ancillary business and downstream business so that it, it can be recycled, reused and, 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 and a lot. Um, and more importantly, what's needed now is integrated. The word integration is very powerful because you talk about integrated water resource management, you talk about integrated water basin management, you talk about integrated water supply management and the supply demand management. These are the four mains that I, I will see that will move forward the SDG apart from eventually what is needed is a good technology, the low cost technology with the high impact. So you may not be uh, ready for, for now for the high uh, what you call technology, but at least you go for the low cost that can give a high impact. And then so slowly you, you upgrade yourself to become a part of the developed countries. So the intention is to develop, to have nature to become the voice and voice water with water hub for the developing countries as because nature has a, a, a range of uh, what you call technology that we have, especially in sewage. We have a number of, uh, of things that you, you want. I will say I already regard nature as the hi-fi shop uh, uh, of the industry because it talk about the, the safety tank, you talk about the common safety tank, you talk about uh, impact tank, you got uh, ponds and the rest. So to suit your budget, this is a place to learn and how we have done it and uh, to, to the current status of Mykonos or and the state of the art, what we have recently in Pantai and Langat, whereby you have a treatment plant down uh, underground and upstairs is the recreation center. For water supply is another area of challenge of uh, uh, in looking at how to address the water pollution issues that cause a lot of uh, disruption to the water supply and uh, is looking at uh, a different source of taps that we have to utilize and that will eliminate the, uh, the, the reason for not closing down the plant because we have some other source. So with that, I thank you and I hope I've not taken much time. So, should you need more information, please, there's a forum for the Q&A and can contact me through this address. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Kade, for a very comprehensive uh, presentation.
may I now invite uh, Mr. Rusdi Kusmayadi. Uh, Mr. Rusdi is the chairman of Indonesian Water Utilities Association, or PAMZI. And uh, we normally like to call uh, Mr. Rudy. Pak Rudy is uh, currently the managing director of Pemuda Air Minuman Terta Raharja, Raharja, Kabupaten Bandung. And uh, Pak Rudy has more than 30 years of experience in water supply project, as well as managing water utilities. Eh? Uh, he graduated from Environmental Engineering Academy and a master degree in regional development management. Pak Rudy, uh, the screen. Not great. Yep. Thank you, Rato. Yeah. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Asia Water. First of all, I would like to say thank you to Asia Water for having me here as the panelist. My name is Rudikus Mayadi. I am the chairman of Indonesian Water Supply Association, uh, commonly abbreviated as uh, Perpamsi. So it's such an honor for me to be here, and it's a great opportunity since recent global uh, pandemic. We are still be able to have this event. On behalf of Perpamsi today, I would like to share with you on how Indonesia achieving SDGs for clean water and uh, sanitation. As we already know that SDGs were set in 2015 by the United Nations General Assembly and are intended to be achieved by the year 2030. There are 17 interlinked goals to LDGs. One of the goals and how to achieve is what we are going to discuss today. That is SDGs uh, 6, Global Goal 6, Clean Water and uh, Sanitation. Drinking, drinking water have been the focus so far and the COVID-19 pandemic also made this goal increasingly uh, important. The goal is to achieve universal and equitable access to safe and affordable drinking water for all by at least 2030, so that everyone will have safe water to drink, no one left uh, behind. The water utilities should aim to monitor all aspects of water supply within their, their area of responsible and aim for the continuous water supply, which is of sufficient quantity, quality, continuity, and of course, affordable cost to be available at the population connected to the supply. 
the goals has eight outcome oriented target including safe and affordable drinking water and open defection and provide access to sanitation and hygiene 6.3 is improve water quality and then 6.4 is water wastewater treatment and safe reuse increase water use efficient and ensure fresh water uh, supply 6.4 uh, 6.5 is implement integrated water resource management and 6.6 .6 is protect and restore water related ecosystem the two mean of achieving target as implementation are target 6a is by 2030 expand international cooperation and capacity building support to developing country in water and sanitation related activity to program including water harvesting desalination water efficient wastewater treatment recycling and reuse technology target 6b is support and strengthening the participant of local community in improving water and sanitation uh, so therefore indonesian government next slide so therefore the indonesian government adopt sdgs to the national medium term development and start from 2015 until 2016 uh, and 2020 until 2024 and the last is 2025 until 2029 they are conducted by national planning agency or we call usually is uh, bapenas monitoring is carried out periodically at and midterm and final year implementation of national medium term plan and now we are running the national medium term development plan for 2020 and until 2024 the target are is the 10% access to improve drinking water and then the second is five, fifteen percent access to safe drinking water, and the last is thirty percent access to uh, pipe water. The target are planned to be achieved by water utility development, upgrade water supply system to expand and coverage area smart water management in mind district and also provide portable uh, water the second is water utility improvement 
public water utility has business plan FCR tarif uh, that means is full uh, cost uh, recovery tarif and then uh, low non revenue water and healthy uh, performance of PDAM. Uh, this is water utility regulation. Local strategic policy complete with water supply master plan. And then fourth is water quality supervision. Water safety plan application to supervise water uh, quality. Next. Today, Indonesia is still fighting against a global pandemic. I think like with you all here, COVID-19, it's undeniable that global pandemic has significant impact to water supply system in our country. Access to improve drinking water is crucial. Even in normal condition, moreover, at pandemic uh, period, sign was hand under running. Water is an effort to prevent uh, virus uh, spreading. Lockdown on large scale, social restriction, and mass layoff make people struggling with their income and hard to pay water bill on time. So in my country, some of water operator extend the payment uh, period. In other words, global pandemic caused people hard to get clean water also. So considering the impact, there is some adjustment in our country for water service target, as you can see in the graph that 2020 target is less than 2019 target. Reducing access to improved drinking water target also planned in 2021 and hopefully in 2022 we have been freed from global pandemic and can achieve 10% drinking water access by 2024. Next. In Indonesia, access to drinking water were supported by pipe system and non-pipe system. Uh, so there are also adjustment for the target uh, scenario. With pandemic situation, target scenario for non-pipe system is increasing, while target scenario for pipe system is decreasing until 2022. So the assumption used is that pandemic end by 2022, and hopefully in 2023 situation will getting uh, better the last finally <coughs> uh, on behalf on uh, water 
Indonesian Water Association, I would like to express my appreciation to all speaker and participant for taking time of your busy duties to attend this event. So hopefully the discussion will be experienced among water utilities, will highlight lesson and possible action to achieve uh, the goal. Together, we can uh, address the challenge. I wish you all be happy and stay safe. And thank you for your uh, attention. Thank uh, well, uh, we will come back to you later for the uh, question and answer. And uh, let me just uh, proceed to invite uh, Mr. Dixon. Mr. Dixon from Philippines. And a uh, little bit of uh, background, Mr. Dixon. He's currently the Vice President for International Affairs, Philippines Water Works Association. And uh, he's the General Manager of Bo Morong District. And at the age of 36, uh, he is the youngest head of government agency. It's uh, quite an achievement, uh, Mr. Dixon. In 2008, then President Arroyo, through a sectoral organization, appointed Mr. Dixon a special project assistant in the United States. Mr. Dixon holds a master in education and will soon complete his PhD study. He's a professional lecturer in the Graduate School of Teaching Local Government Administration, Public Policy and Personnel Administration. Mr. Dixon, can I uh, now invite Mr. Dixon yeah. to his presentation? Thank you, Mr. Dato. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Mr. Dato, my fellow speaker, participants, uh, Asia Water Informal Markets, Mabuhay from the Philippines. Again, uh, uh, let me give credit also to adbwater.org Philippines and Philippine Water Works Association. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. People are navigating the COVID 19 pandemic and millions are striving to endure this crisis with added challenges in the Philippines and around the world. Sad to say, this experience is a nightmare that nobody knows will happen. Water as one of the top needs of every life now really needs much focus as it is important to overcome the trying times brought by this pandemic. Water security is important for sustaining livelihoods, human well-being, and socioeconomic development. It involves safeguarding sustainable access to adequate quantities of acceptable water, as well as protection against water risk. Achieving water depends on number of elements, includes natural processes, infrastructures, institutions, and governance. The water sector is bracing a lot of things, particularly taking care of their manpower, which is very important to run the system smoothly. We focus to the welfare and protection of our employees in order to ensure that the water system will meet the needed requirements in order to meet the expectations of the consuming public while we are experiencing these difficult times. Despite the risk in our job, we continue to commit ourselves for everyone's safety as water is the most important matter 
that can help stop the spread of this deadly virus. We also consider the people's situation in its financial status, so we extend payments without penalties. Truly, our country's water resources are experiencing much stress because of rapid population growth, increase in demand of both households and poor food production, continuous urbanization, pollution, excessive use of water, and unstoppable climate change that affects the water cycle. It is now the high time that to ensure the adequate availability of water in the future, it will require protecting the country's water resources through improvement of catchment areas and watershed protection, continuous and regular and regular assessment and monitoring of consumption patterns and trends, and efficient allocation of water supply. It needs to be given attention and taken into account the institutional decision framework. The challenges and problems will be assessed objectively, comprehensively, and strategically covering all contributor to it in a holistic way. Many water utilities in the Philippines, such as water districts, who solely depend its supply development, operation, and maintenance expenses in their own generated income from customers, local government-run water utility, rural water cooperatives, etc., comprises of the estimated 85% of the total water sector in the country are experiencing financial difficulties. More problems in the water sector may include institutional fragmentation, weak sector planning and monitoring, a small percentage of investments from the private sector to help the existing water utilities, limited access to financing for service improvements and expansions, and, and, and if there are available facilities, higher interest of loans available is another problem. Inadequate support for poor urban communities and other water utilities, which manifested by a, a small budget allotted by the government for, private, for water sector. At present, many parts of the country are experiencing low pressure to no water and some totally no access to clean and potable water, but the Philippines water sector is doing its best to meet its own commitment to SDGs. In the other side, sanitation challenges are even greater. Few households are connected to the sewerage network, which is less than 10% by most estimates. Most of the households are connected to septic tanks that are poorly designed, managed, and maintained. Therefore, it resulted to be discharged without treatment. Despite the enactment of different laws in the country, such as National Water Code, to strengthen water legislations in the face of increasing scarcity of water and its changing water patterns 
And Philippine Clean Water Act of 2014, 2004, I mean, to provide for a, a comprehensive water quality management policy amidst economic growth and provides for the consistent protection, preservation, and revival of the quality of the Philippine waters with frameworks patterned through the pursuit of sustainable development, we still at the height of many big challenges. Weak management of solid waste and sanitation is really one of it. Since this contributed to contamination and pollution of surface and groundwater resources. Despite all the challenges in the Philippines water sector, we continue to embark for the best possibilities to meet the commitment for sustainable water and sanitation. As of today, despite of so many difficulties, many water utilities in the country are committed to push their strategic plan to build its own facilities for improved water supply and sanitation with the help of other loan facilities provided by different financial institutions or even using their own reserve funds for those big water utilities. We continue to comply with the World Health Organization in coming up with our water safety plan. The partnership also of the water utility sector, the national government and the local government can be observed now in the Philippines in response also to the Supreme Court of the Philippines Mandamus for the matter. Again, to all the participants, my fellow uh, speakers, thank you and mabuhay from the Philippines. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Dixon. And uh, uh, we have uh, quickly go to the last speaker, last but not least, uh, which is our Professor Art from Hanoi University of Civil Engineering. Uh, Professor Art is the Head of Science and Technology Department, Vietnam Water Supply and Sewage Association. Professor Art devoting his time for education and training for water supply and sanitation specialists in Vietnam. He has also been involved in many consultancy works as well as intersectoral policy. Professor Viet An. Yes. 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 You can proceed, please. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for introduction. Uh, good afternoon. So, uh, on behalf of the Vietnam Water Supply and Sewage Association, I would like to share with you some information about the challenges and the opportunities uh, in the water sector in Vietnam. Uh, I will be uh, sharing with you uh, very briefly um, because uh, I think uh, we would uh, have more time for discussion. And I would uh, avoid the figures of the development goals, uh, focusing more on the uh, solutions, what uh, we have been uh, doing and what we are going to do in the near future. Next slide, please. Uh, so we have now more and more cities and towns uh, being uh, under development. 
uh, now we already have nearly 40% of population living in urban areas. And uh, the total water supply capacity is close to 10 million cubic meter per day. This is a very intensive growth. Uh, and uh, we are doing uh, uh, quite well with the run revenue water um, ratio uh, decreasing from uh, 31% in 2010 and down to 21% average figure for the whole country. But uh, 21 is still uh, a lot. Uh, some uh, companies has uh, the figure around 10%. So it's in uh, a lot of things uh, to do. Next, please. Uh, talking about the industrial wastewater management, this is a very big issue when we are talking about sanitation. Uh, since uh, uh, we have uh, the trend to move of the industries from China and uh, from some other countries to Vietnam. This is a similar situation uh, happening in the, some other countries in uh, our region. Uh, so we have to uh, balance between the encouraging the development, the industries, investment, and uh, environmental protection. Uh, so far, we have 1 million cubic meters per day of wastewater generated from industrial parks. And uh, so far, 80% of industrial parks considered uh, meeting effluent standards for wastewater after treatment. Uh, so the rest uh, is to be improved. And uh, later I will share with you, uh, we are changing the concept, the approach to deal with the industrial wastewater uh, uh, based on the new environmental protection law. Next, please. Uh, what we are do, doing uh, for industrial wastewater management, the polluter pays principle uh, should be uh, strictly uh, applied. Um, so far, we have the effluent standards, class A and class B, uh, for the all uh, centralized uh, effluent treatment plant. Uh, and uh, very soon, we are going to switch to the setting the effluent standard based on the receiving capacity of the rivers, lakes, and the sea. Uh, just a few days ago, the National Congress has uh, approved the new environmental law uh, where uh, we are going to change the concept of environmental uh, pollution uh, control, including uh, and uh, strengthening the, the wastewater pollution control, the emergency response. And uh, we start to uh, impose the tax for the amount, the number of kilograms of uh, solid waste discharge. Uh, besides, we still have uh, another tools like uh, compulsory uh, automatic monitoring station to be set up in the every uh, effluent flow uh, more than uh, 1,000 cubic meters per day and encouraged for any effluent flow. And um, now we are going to combine on the licenses, including EIA, environmental impact assessment, uh, effluent discharge, uh, and other uh, license. So that, that uh, to create the 
favorable conditions for the investors, but uh, this also to avoid uh, gaps and overlaps uh, among the environmental and uh, resource protection agencies. And uh, two years ago, we have issued a decree, especially uh, issued for uh, encouraging the development of eco-industrial parks. This is for the first time in Vietnam, we uh, set the uh, criteria uh, which uh, industrial park is considered eco, uh, where industrial symbiosis is uh, uh, highlighted. Next, please. Uh, this is uh, just an example, uh, the approach we are applying for the blacklist industrial uh, flows, where early uh, alarming system uh, is used and the emergency bond system for industrial wastewater effluent. Uh, this is a lot uh, of uh, land is required, of course, but uh, uh, this is very um, safe uh, approach uh, to be applied for selected industries. And uh, in the participants of this webinar, if you have uh, experience, questions regarding emergency uh, control for the wastewater in the industries, I, I would like uh, very much to discuss with you and also to learn from you because uh, we are going to set up the very specific technical guidelines uh, for this. Next, please. Uh, for the urban areas, uh, now a lot of uh, cities in Vietnam are under the plan of development of the green and smart city. Uh, we are just focusing on the waste management where we are proposing and encouraging the circular economy uh, implementation with the resource recovery where different fractions of uh, waste are being treated in the centralized system, uh, looking at the biogas for energy recovery and uh, nutrients and uh, also uh, other resource um, possibilities. Uh, this is uh, under development uh, and uh, the government is uh, preparing and uh, issuing the uh, legal framework uh, for realizing this. Just uh, over the last five years, we have uh, more and more waste to energy uh, plant uh, under the development. This is a very new trend because uh, we have no more land to dump the solid waste. Uh, and uh, we have also uh, some difficulties in the application of the uh, solar panels, uh, solar energies. Uh, because of the, the country, we have the stretch of country from the north to the south and only some areas uh, suitable for the development of the solar panel uh, uh, projects. So uh, waste of energy is uh, another way and uh, this is a very new trend in Vietnam recently. Next, please. Uh, and the last solution I would like to mention is uh, to develop the green uh, cities uh, where the water and uh, waste and uh, wastewater are under consideration of the harmony 
with the landscape and uh, with the architecture, architecture and uh, it helps to uh, increase the price of land. And uh, we have uh, some good uh, models, uh, including uh, Eco Park, 500 hectares in the north, close to Hanoi and uh, Fumi Hung, 750 hectares in the south in the Ho Chi Minh City. And uh, we uh, have the green uh, city, green building uh, uh, waiting uh, system, and we, we encourage uh, these models to uh, further develop. Okay, next please. Uh, I would like to avoid conclusion and recommendations. I would like to highlight that uh, we need uh, concrete solutions and the government should create um, favor uh, conditions to mobilize different resources to implement these uh, concrete plans. Uh, I would like to share one news that uh, equitization of uh, water sector in Vietnam is uh, somehow now under uh, reconsideration. Uh, 10 years ago, we were in under a very fast equitization process but uh, this all has also some uh, uh, negative uh, consequences. Uh, we remember in the Viet Water, we had uh, some experience shared by Malaysian water partners. Um, now because of too intensive equitization, uh, some new companies come in into the market and uh, somehow the social uh, uh, balance and the water supply for all principle uh, cannot be realized. Uh, and that, that is related to the sustainable development goals. And the government uh, uh, somehow want to delay this process and uh, want to keep the certain percentage of the state uh, share holding uh, among the water companies. Okay, that is uh, something from me and I'm open for the discussion. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Professor Ant. Uh, very uh, good presentation and also highlighted uh, quite a number of issues and also way forward. Uh, now, uh, dear audience, uh, we, we have actually received quite a number of uh, questions and uh, we have uh, more or less uh, classified it into quite a few categories. Yeah? And uh, the first one is about safety of these uh, groundwaters. And this was raised by quite a number of uh, audience uh, who have submitted uh, even before the webinar. Now, I would like to uh, ask the, our expert from Indonesia. Yeah? Uh, There's a question to say that uh, a lot of uh, Indonesia use a lot of groundwater compared to surface water. Do you face high content of heavy metal? Yeah, Rudy? Can you, can you hear me, Parudi? Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Yen. Mm. So, Hassan, uh, thank you for a question. Uh, you are right that in Indonesia is many uh, household is use uh, groundwater. But until now, uh, 
in this case, uh, we cannot uh, not we cannot yet find the heavy metal in the groundwater, uh, but we find the heavy metal also, uh, in uh, surface water. Some area in Sumatra, uh, in Sulawesi, and also in Borneo in uh, Kalimantan, we find many uh, heavy metal. It's come from uh, mining. Come from mining. So that's uh, our problem now. And then uh, some of uh, water utility, yeah, sometimes they use uh, how to treat this with the uh, oxidation and some utilities they use also uh, spread by nanofiltration, but this is it's uh, very uh, expensive, but also we find in uh, Sumatra that's one of uh, groundwater uh, from uh, foresters uh, also uh, heavy metal, and then uh, he come uh, from. Uh, contaminate from uh, mining also. So for the uh, groundwater use by uh, our people here, uh, it's not so, uh, so far is not uh, have the heavy metal except they are contaminated from uh, mining. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Pak Rudy. Uh, there is a question on which I think uh, I'll probably get uh, Dr. Uh, Kade, who is an expert in this uh, sewerage services uh, technology, which is better SBR treatment plant or the conventional one, the one with oxidation dish and clarifiers. Uh, Dr. Kade? I lost you just now ah. because of the line. Can you repeat? Ah. Ah, yes, the, there is the question there. You know, uh, if you just lock on, you say which is the better SPL treatment plant, the conventional one or the one with oxidation dish and clarifiers? Uh, you mentioned SBR, is it? Yeah. Okay, uh, those are the modern ones. Uh, yeah. it, I will say before I start, it depends on what suits your pocket. As I say, uh, we have a range. And the cheapest one, of course, you go for oscillation point. So cheap to operate, but there are some, some side effects to that because uh, the buffer must be clear. Otherwise, you have this order problem. And uh, most of the oscillation point in Malaysia, we meet with standard B. Uh, good to hear that Vietnam is now having the standard A, standard B kind of things. That's good. Uh, but in terms of uh, in general, what, what we have in Malaysia uh, operated by the Indian Water, we have a lot of extended aeration. 
acceleration this is one of it but uh, i would say is uh extended action process is one of the uh, acceptable because it's affordable uh, in terms of modernization. If you go for SBR, it requires a, a bit more because SBR is a good in terms of uh, space area. I take one example, what we have built in uh, Jurutong, uh, in Penang. Uh, if you look, look at the normal process, conventional process, for 1.2 million population, you need about 37 hectares of land. But if you go for SBR, it's only 11.4 or 11.7 to be exact uh, areas to be used. And if you go for stacking up, what uh, they've done, something similar to uh, Thailand, uh, meaning that you, you have a stack, then you can reduce to five factors using this SBR. So uh, it, it's a matter of a various combination of choices uh, and what's in your pocket to build. Uh, because uh, this premium price is very expensive. Uh, compared to water and sewage, sewage is more expensive to, to treat uh, because you're dealing with a microorganism. So okay. uh, again, the short question to the answer to that depends on what is your affordability. So okay. uh, what example being done in Indonesia, it use a lot of extended ratio. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Dadukade. Uh, this question which uh, I would like to, uh, Professor An to respond. Eh? Let me... Uh, this is a, a big general question, but uh, I think uh, probably it is uh, suitable for, for Prof to answer. The use of smart technologies to improve the operation of water operator is mentioned very often. Yeah. And uh, however, the adoption rate of by water utilities has been quite low and changes are also very slow. What do you think can be done by the private sector to help expedite this? Uh, Professor Ant, uh, would you like to answer this, uh, to respond to this? Because you, you mentioned that uh, uh, over the past 10 years, uh, uh, Vietnam has uh, engaged in a lot of uh, uh, private sector involvement, mm -hmm. but now uh, you, you would like to see that uh, some of the equity to be held by the, by, by the government. Maybe you can uh, uh, share with us uh, uh, Vietnam's uh, policy on this? Mm -hmm. uh, I think this is a very good question. And uh, the smart water and using uh, IT technology in water sector is a very good uh, and hot trend. Uh, private sector, if uh, it sees the benefit, it uh, puts hands in. So uh, using IoT, and a smart water solution uh, would bring uh, important benefit. Uh, our experience show uh, by using uh, smart technologies, we can significantly improve the run revenue water situation. Uh, in Ho Chi Minh City, for example, one daughter company of the Sawako uh, could save uh, millions of cubic meters of water over the last 10 years by using uh, smart uh, water meters and uh, go to the digitalization of the network management. Uh, so I think uh, bringing uh, benefit uh, from uh, smart water application, this is a very good encouragement uh, for private sector um, to take lead in, in, in this. And uh, private sector has uh, quick uh, decision making 
uh, where we have to to apply uh, this decision uh, in in very short and uh, uh, dynamic uh, manner if we want to apply the new technologies. So I think uh, it goes well. It fit well together by sector participation uh, and the smart water technologies. And besides uh, suppliers, the service provider, I mean, uh, the software uh, and uh, electronics equipment and, uh, and so on. Uh, the private sector uh, can uh, have the solutions and uh, have the uh, products, the, the supply uh, in a very dynamic and uh, active way. So uh, in our experience, it fit well together and uh, it's really happening. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, there is one question uh, from uh, Mr. William. Uh, this question is about horizontal drilling to assess natural water from under the seabed or the drain. Um, I don't know whether Mr. Dixon, uh, do you have such system in, in, uh, in Philippines? Can you hear me, Mr. Dixon? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> there yes, is this uh, suggestion eh, that uh, using horizontal drilling to assess natural water from under the seaweed or the drain. Uh, I don't know whether uh, Malaysia definitely later I will get Datukade to, to share I with think, you. I uh, think uh, we don't uh, have experienced that kind of uh, okay. system yeah, of this time. Uh, may, I, may I now get Datukade? Uh, Datukade, would you want to share with uh, everyone about this? Uh, okay, uh, thank you, Dr. Tio. Uh, we have done, we, we have this horizontal drilling. Uh, just for information, the, uh, the most abstraction of groundwater is in the state of Kelantan in the northern side of Malaysia. And we have done this horizontal drilling. Uh, Quite, I would say quite successfully, but there are some pros and cons in doing this. Uh, I don't see any problem in trying out, but again, you have to try it out because uh, there are some, you got to look at the, the, uh, the experience in using this because this horizontal drilling first, of course, you can get a lot of uh, water by doing this uh, horizontally, but uh, the system may get choked depending on the ground condition uh, that you have and also the, the source of water uh, that uh, that supply or replenish this groundwater. Because when talk about horizontal drilling, it's a, a shallow depth, but it goes horizontal and got so many uh, radial pipes that uh, what call convey the waters in the central side. And uh, again, you, you need to study carefully on uh, the, the system because the, the, the pipes or the horizontal pipe extend to a few uh, distance away and that area need to be uh, secured so that uh, you you don't have any proper contamination plus the uh, the pipe itself the porosity need to be looked at because it may uh, get a lot of uh, sediments or 
sharp into that and then become choked in, uh, in years to come. So the maintenance is another part of it. So that's my take, but uh, you can get more information from our operator operators on this uh, horizontal drilling, which they, they have done quite a few uh, in Kelantan. Thank you, Datuk Kadi. Thank you, Datuk Kadi. Uh, there is a question. Uh, this is for Professor Andy Ketan. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there is a question for you. Uh, you know, this uh, about the cost of sewage for sanitation services in Vietnam. And uh, I think the participant wanted to know how to balance consumer affordability to pay and coverage of services to protect public health and environment. Now, Professor An? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this question uh, touched my heart <laughs> because this is a, a very burdening issue everywhere. I know that even in Japan, the, uh, they still cannot afford the full cost recovery for wastewater service uh, by uh, the tariff. And uh, there is still certain uh, subsidiary by the government, or they should find some income from the tax uh, and other policies, financial policies. Uh, in Vietnam, uh, the percentage of uh, wastewater tariff compared to the water bill is uh, from 10 to 35%, uh, depend depending on the city. So the, for the timeline, we have the roadmap to increase this percentage of the tariff. Uh, the legal framework says we have to achieve the full cost recovery, but it takes time to do it. And um, we have to change the mind, not only of the user, but also the mind of the policymaker um, and the authority uh, managers. So for now, we still don't have the cost recovery uh, and uh, we need to have the loans and uh, state budget to invest and to cover the remaining part of the running cost. And uh, we are looking uh, uh, toward the future uh, where we can increase the water tariff and uh, that water tariff includes uh, the, the wastewater uh, fee for operation. Uh, every two years, we have the water tariff increase. This is a, a normal uh, period of time for every city to uh, increase. And um, wastewater tariff uh, follows. And uh, we not only increase the water price, but uh, increase also the percentage. Uh, the surcharge for the wastewater. So um, it's happening and it takes some time, uh, but it takes a lot of time to do it, I, I think. <laughs> Definitely, it takes a lot of time, you know, to address some of these issues. Eh? Finally, yeah. I think uh, we can only have one more question. Uh, I'd like to answer one question. And this question was addressed to Mr. Dixon. Eh, Mr. Dixon, uh, if you look at the question, you say water outage is uh, uh, prevalent in Moro and uh, with about 10 to 12 hours of outage every day. 
and uh, based on your years of uh, experience, uh, you say that uh, how would you uh, plan to resolve this? Uh, would Would you want to to answer this? Yeah, or? I will. Yeah. I want to answer this beautiful mm. question. Yeah. Uh, uh, considering the fact that uh, Morong uh, location has a problem also in uh, terrain because we have a mountainous area which we have to manage it very well. Uh, another thing that we have encountered in Morong is that, uh, of course, uh, uh, Morong Water District is a government-owned and controlled corporation. As I mentioned in my, in my prepared speech that uh, a water district only depends its uh, uh, maintenance and operating uh, costs based on our collection. So we, we, we used to save uh, uh, money before we able to construct more pumping station. Another thing is that uh, to give the updates to the uh, one who posted the question, Morong has 85% 24 hour supply and only 15% experiencing uh, 10 to 12 hours of uh, uh, some areas uh, experience 10 to 12 hours, but most of the jurisdiction under Morong Water District experience, experience uh, 24 hour service with a, with a total of 85%. So uh, as of this time, we are uh, uh, on our way constructing our uh, new pumping station and partnering with Manila Water Company through a bulk sales, bulk water agreement to solve some problems in the areas of my jurisdiction. But still, despite of financial difficulties, we are able to deliver 85% uh, uh, of 24 hours water in my area of jurisdiction known as Morong Water District. But I assure the one who posted questions that we are at the top of the situation. We always uh, look into the best solution on how we can address the problem. But they must also be informed that the data may be they, they uh, gathered is already four to five years ago. But you can look on Morong nowadays that we have 85% 24 hour supply of water compared to other water districts in the Philippines, which, ex which have a bad experience, especially in areas hit by, by floods and, and uh, droughts. So I still believe that Morong Water District Supply, which under my lead, is, is still one of the uh, districts that still meet the expectation despite financial difficulties and other challenges. Thank you. But uh, before we you know, close the today's session, may I ask one question to Mr. Chilo? Mr. Chilo, can you hear me? Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, because I, I, I noticed that uh, in your presentation, uh, talking about current private sector operational uh, context, and you put it that uh, private water operators undertake full financing construction and operation of pipe water supply schemes on identified sites uh, 
and you you put it that that the collect they are allowed to collect charges based on agreed tariff to recover operating costs and reasonable return on investment. Um, do you have any guidelines on the uh, basically on the return on investment on this? Is a Chilo? So, so yeah. uh, thank you for the question. Right now, the 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 practice on the tariff, the ministry or the government or industry who is uh, like try to uh, to give the guideline. It means that uh, to set the price, what will be the price that the private water operator should uh, uh, like provide or the bill to the client. So uh, in order to set the price, we need also to consider on like first is about investment and also the return on investment. So from these two factors, the government try to fit the price, what will be the price that can be, uh, first is to cover the operation, and the second is also to uh, make the investor uh, like uh, be happy or consider to invest. Yeah. But uh, do you allow, do you allow the uh, investors from, from other countries to invest in in your water supply? Yes, right now we, we have uh, also the investor from the uh, outside the Cambodia come to invest in the Cambodia. And mm. Uh, mm. recently we have the more and more investor from uh, outside of the country, yeah. Hello? Hello? We, we uh, for both the private and also government, we try to also to encourage the investor from uh, outside of Cambodia to come and invest in this uh, sector because it still has the like the very important uh, part or percentage that we need uh, to invest. Hello? Yeah. Uh, we have some few uh, technical difficulties and that's um, so. That's the end of our session for this uh, regional, regional water industry expert dialogue, achieving uh, sustainable development goal for clean water and sanitation, Asia Water 2020 event webinar. To all the attendees that is attending our pre-event webinar, we would like to invite you to attend Asia Water virtual event on the 30th November until 2 December, 2020. To register, please visit www.asiawater.org and also don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms. We have over 90 exhibitors exhibiting and over nine free-to-attend conferences, speakers coming from all the industry players. Once again, thank you. Please stay safe and see you virtually this year. Mm -hmm.